Kessler here from Grunthal. Paul Kingsley with the 30-second board to five. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallup. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fox Racing Canada, Phoenix Handlebars, Guts Racing, 204 Skate Shop, and Throttle Syndicate make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Guts Racing. Andy Gregg over at Guts Racing Incorporated would love for you to go over to the website, go get yourself a brand new seat, seat base, foam, the cover, you name it. Those guys have amazing product and you, let's face it, you need a new seat cover. So go, uh, let Guts get the, that taken care of for you and check it out. Uh, we're also doing this on Instagram Live, so thanks for everybody taking time to listen on that. I see Jonesy, I see Otto, that's sick as well. Uh, we're going to try and do a few more of these down the road as we uh, uh, do some podcasts, uh, some solo podcasts that are going to be dedicated towards uh, like getting some news and review of some of the happenings in the sport of motocross, as well as we're going to do some ongoing history of motocross podcasts as well in on the live version as well. Um, so on, on Instagram, rather. Uh, so let's jump straight into things. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by Fox Racing Canada. Fox Racing Canada at foxracing.ca. Go to the website, check out the whole catalog, go to your local dealer and get fitted. They've got a brand new uh, um mountain bike helmet that just came out the other day they've got three brand new design boots for 2023 let's face it your boots are absolutely hooped and you need some new boots uh shout out to colton from uh uh somnium racing who's watching on instagram love that guy uh so anyway let's jump straight into things uh, a few uh topics of conversation that have been basically all over uh motocross and supercross for a number of weeks here uh first and foremost the thing that comes to mind uh first is world supercross we have uh one of these uh pilot rounds in the books and all by all accounts i think it went extremely well um the the tracks the track from the very get-go seemed um very simplistic it didn't seem like it was going to challenge these guys to the nth degree um which in a way can actually uh like that can keep guys safe but it can also uh create a situation where guys can really push the limits of a track and that's exactly what we saw uh with round one where you had a lot of guys who uh were trying to find tenths of a second on a track that really wasn't conducive to uh making up a lot of time and it just turned into a slam fest uh, it, during the races. And also you saw some guys going down and qualifying, which is a bummer to see as well. Shout out to Jim O'Neill watching on Instagram Live right now. Good friend of mine from Ireland. Either way. Uh, so World Supercross, they did they did a great job hyping up this series. And I know a lot of people on uh, on. on Motocross Twitter was bagging on the series uh, for just the execution of things, not things not shining as brightly as uh, essentially World Supercross would have hoped they would. 
um, obviously saying like these, this is the, the, the best talent in the world. And this is going to be the great, the best supercross series in the world. And heck, like, you know what? One day it, it very well could be. Um, will it be? We don't know. There's been one round of it so far. Like, there's there's bugs that need to be worked out. The, the, the tracks need to improve. They need to be able to get more talented riders. And I believe that eventually they will get there. Um, like, World Supercross is a great idea. Taking Supercross worldwide is a great idea. Bringing these athletes around the, around the globe and bringing them to markets that wouldn't otherwise be able to see them in person. People uh, who don't have the means to travel to uh, the U.S. to see the best uh, do it at Anaheim Stadium or San Diego or, uh, heck, Foxborough for all, uh, for, for who knows, uh, for all you know. Either way... Uh, I think that it's going to be a great, uh, great opportunity for guys to uh, to do, go do some racing, make some money, and um, the, I think the first uh, the first round went well. Um, like uh, Roxon was there, Tomac was there, uh, two really notable guys. Obviously, uh, like thing that comes to mind first with uh, World Supercross is the whole deal with Ken Roxon. Um, from what it sounds like, it uh, is very clear that he committed to that race, or at least his, his agent committed to him racing those races uh, without having uh, the permission or not, not even asking the permission of... Um, of, of Honda USA. And, um, uh, I think that, that, that really didn't rub, that rubbed people some the wrong way. I think honestly, if, if he would have been asked that asked, if you would have asked to be able to do those rounds, the answer probably still would have been no. Um, but I think the relationship between Kenny and HRC would have, uh, stayed a little bit more amicable. Obviously there's, there's been tension over there. Every time that I've gone to, uh, to speak with some members of that team, there seems to be a little bit of tension and frustration between the rider, the team, and, uh, just disagreements over the bike. Um, and I think that Honda gave Ken a, a great platform. Heck, uh, very similar to, uh, the situation between, uh, Ricky Carmichael and Kevin Windham back in 2003 and 2004, um, the, the machine itself was winning the races. Just the wrong guy was like the, one of the guys wasn't getting it done. Like obviously Kevin Windham, Ricky Carmichael, very different riders. Same thing with Sexton and Roxon, but Sexton was able to have a lot of success on a motorcycle that couldn't have been a whole lot different than what was offered to Ken. And uh, obviously Ken won, uh, uh, he won Colorado as well as he won the uh, first run in Anaheim. Uh, he never looked comfortable in the whoops all year long. And, um, especially after, uh, that, that get off in, uh, in Oakland. Uh, and I think that was that kind of spell that was like the tale of the entire, the whole year for Ken. And, Based on some interviews that I, I had either heard or read uh, from Ken from uh, World Supercross round, it seemed like he he, lo- he loved being able to race uh, in front of uh, an international crowd. Um, the, the bike wasn't exactly what he was hoping it to be, obviously with a limited amount of time on the motorcycle uh, and not having some of the trick parts that Honda HRC is able to provide him with you're just not going to have as awesome of a package. That's, that's, that's just how that is going to go. But uh, either way, I think he was still able to be the second fastest guy in time qualifying. Uh, he won the super pole. So the bike couldn't have been that bad. Um, it's, it's always amazing to me. Like I, I would love to have that sort of problem where I'm not at all happy with the m- machine that I'm on and I'm still able to go faster than anyone else at this event. It, that, that is absolutely mind blowing that those guys are able to, to, to go that fast 
cost on a machine that they're not 100% happy with. Uh, I, I I feel like I, I like my my bike, my 2016 uh, KTM 250SX is more bike than I could ever handle, and uh, and I'm likely not using it to maybe 80% of its abilities, and uh, and I, I'm still not going anywhere near as fast as these guys are. It's pretty wild. Uh, we're gonna get into some two-stroke talk in the next little bit here, but. Um, Ken Roxon and Honda, they've essentially, like, in, in a lot of ways, I imagine they've parted ways. Uh, I don't see Ken being on a Honda in 2023. Heck, this weekend he's going to be on a Yamaha, uh, and we'll talk about that in, uh, in a little bit here. Um, but, uh, the bike looked good. Uh, the bike looked settled suspension-wise. It seemed like he, uh, like the bike was at least getting a lot of uh, stand-up in the corners. It was holding up through the rhythm sections. And, of course, he was jumping that quad that uh, I think only him and a couple other guys were doing, which is encouraging to see. Um, World World Supercross in general, I think they did a great job on the exposure of it. Uh, the broadcast was done quite well. It was awesome. honestly, as much as you want to bag on uh, uh, Ralph Shaheen and Jeff Emig, I think they did a fantastic job of the the broadcast. Uh, and you know what? Even jo- Joseph Allen did a, did a fine job in, in his own right. Uh, I'm I'm particularly not a Joseph Allen fan. I uh, like I think he's fine at what he does. I I'm, I don't. Like he, he seems he's a little bit corny for me, but you know what? The guy does his thing. He gets people uh, hyped up and I'm mature enough to know that not everything is for me. Uh, like Joseph Allen might not be like marketed directly towards me. Uh, he's maybe uh, along the lines of somebody who needs a little bit more hyping up. I'm, uh, I'm just here to see some racing and see what happens. Um, race in race out i want to analyze things a little bit more than uh, build the excitement so i totally understand where that's coming from uh eli tomac goes one 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 uh he's perfect in world supercross uh the first world supercross uh event sweep of of that nature he's got uh a nice little points lead going in uh i know you love joseph um Colton, but that's okay. Uh, it's he, he does his thing. He's got his Yamaha, uh, I think, and uh, yeah, he gets hooked up. So uh, I, I don't know if he's with. Uh, he's going to be with Feld Supercross. I assume if he's with uh, World Supercross, that means he will not be with Feld this coming year. But uh, I guess time will tell. Um, like I said, Tomac looked great. Uh, he went out there and did exactly what he was supposed to do. He won the race uh, and, and and did extremely well. Uh, the one thing that I was sort of uh, bummed out to see was just how many injuries we had. And I sort of touched on that earlier in the podcast, um, discussing the fact that like having such a track that didn't challenge the riders as much as it maybe could have, uh, you ended up with a situation where guys really had to uh, push the limits of the track. You had uh, Chad Reed go down. Obviously, that was uh, just a freak thing with uh, a fuel pump going out. He goes over the bars, dislocated shoulder, broken hand, broken ribs. Bummed for him. He's going to go get surgery in the coming uh, coming weeks in Australia to get that shoulder fixed. Um, and like completely uh, beside the fact, like he at that time, I believe he was 12th fastest in times, and I don't, I don't know if he actually got uh, to have a clean lap prior to that. Uh, I think it's cool to see Chad Reed out there. Uh, I honestly would have liked to see him in a little bit better shape for this, uh, but honestly, watching Chad Reed race in World Supercross is not totally unlike seeing. Um, Jeff Ward racing a world supercross round in like 2005. Like 
this guy has been around for a long, long time. He's almost 40 years old, uh, if not already 40 years old, racing Supercross. So it's just cool for fans to be able to see the 2-2 out there. Uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to see him race. Um, but, uh, yeah, Chad's going to bounce back and uh, continue to make content and uh, continue to be in the public eye when it comes to Supercross. And I think that's a good thing. Um also in the injury book, it uh, looked like uh, Justin Starling also took a ride in the ambulance, uh, and you had some other guys who ended up going down. Um, but for the most part, great racing, and uh, the 250 class, which was won, won by Sh- uh, Shane McElrath, had some of the most exciting racing uh, and, and the most wild finishes. You had guys who, like uh, uh, Freckle, who went 1-19-1 for third overall, um, which is like just an, uh, the most up and down night you can possibly have, um, which obviously uh, Freckle would would prefer to uh, um, be on the other side of that coin and uh, and and put himself in a better position to win that championship. But honestly, I think uh, that's got to uh, be some great momentum for him. Uh, and we'll find out if uh, uh, Shane McElrath uh, has interest in racing the the Australian series because I think bo- uh, I think uh, if I'm not mistaken. Freckle is racing the entire uh, Australian series. Uh, if he's not, that's a bummer because he, I think he has the potential to win that series. I think that'd be a, a great, uh, a great thing to see. But um, yeah, like hats off to Freckle. Hats off to Chris Blos. Um, and absolutely, Vince Freeze deserves men- mention. He was he was solid all night. Uh, he was one of the boys, uh, like proving like. Once again, just what of a, a Supercross specialist he is, World Supercross, AMA Supercross, 250s, 450s, you name it. Uh, Vince Freeze, uh, Vince Freezy is one of those guys who consistently gets himself at the front of the pack. Uh, does he always have the, the top end speed of the, the, the guys who end up winning the races? Not all the time, but he often finishes ahead of a lot of guys who on paper you'd expect them to finish in front of, uh, in front of him. And, uh, he goes out there, he races is, uh, is he the cleanest guy in the world? No, but I think that's honestly because he just fights for position. He fights for every single spot, uh, as he should, and um, for the most part, I like honestly, like I, I've interviewed Vince a number of times. He's always been kind to me. Uh, yeah, there's there's more than a few guys that once they put the helmet on, they're pretty serious and uh, and, and they don't take kindly to getting past. Vince is clearly one of them. And uh, I think, yeah, like uh, Jim on the uh, the comments here on uh, on YouTube or not YouTube, uh, Instagram said, like, I think he, he definitely deserves mention. And um like with Eli Tomac not at the race uh, at uh, in Melbourne in uh, I think two weeks time or I guess it's this, this is it this week no it's two weeks time um, he honestly stands to possibly win that race I think it's a very real possibility that um, that Vince Freezy could could get some starts if he's more consistent than Ken Roxon uh, I think he could easily uh, not maybe not easily but he's like he, he's going to put himself in the position to to win some races in uh, in Melbourne, and uh, I think that he's going to do exactly that. I think he's going to be a podium threat, and honestly, I could see Vince Freezy switching over to be full time uh, World Supercross and getting a lot of longevity out of his career. Um, another injury of note was um, 
Josh Grant, he ends up going down hard. It looks like he had a concussion, broken chain. So he had actually like uh, two instances which were just kind of freak bike issues uh, where a guy goes completely over the bars. Uh, he, he gets collected with Cade Clayson, which was a bummer to see as well. Cade was doing well for the Club MX team and still ended up having a, a decent night, all things considered. Uh, but I was bummed to see uh, Josh Grant go down because uh, the guy has all the style in the world. And uh, for the Cardiff fans to watch him do his thing would have been very, very cool. Shout out to Devin Smith, who's currently watching on Instagram Live. Uh, he's probably out fishing or uh, perhaps riding mountain bikes or something along those lines. Taking a break from that to watch Instagram Live, I appreciate it. All right, let's switch our, our focus over to uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm. That happens this weekend. It's going to be amazing. Um, two strokes, racing in a straight line. Uh, there's going to be two strokes going through uh, sets of whoops, which everyone is a fan of. It's, the, in my opinion, maybe the best sound in the world, uh, whether it's a 125, 250. I don't think we're going to see any 500s. I don't think we're going to see uh, Travis Pastrana or... Uh, uh, Tyler Bauer show up on on a KX 500, but uh, we are going to see some pretty uh, tuned up two strokes with uh, obviously like today is just absolute buzz with all of the uh, the two stroke posts, whether it's uh, Carson Brown or uh, Ken Roxon, you name it. Uh, Justin Barsha looks unreal on his two stroke. It makes me wish so badly that two strokes were still the the weapon of choice when it comes to uh, professional motocross and supercross. But unfortunately, that's never going to be the case ever again. It is a true bummer. But uh, either way, um, yeah, like, it, it's just it's awesome to see. If you're not on social media today, just Taking in the two-stroke smoke, I wish I could smell some of those posts. You know they're going to smell like Castor 927 from Maxima, because uh, that's the only oil that uh, should be running through your bike when uh, when you're you're mixing gas and hauling ass. Uh, in fact, little-known fact that every time Ricky Carmichael hit the line on a two-stroke in his entire career, Maxima 927 was in the oil every single time. Every single time on a Kawasaki, every time on a, on a Honda, every single time on a Suzuki. Um, that, is, uh, that has been reported through Ricky himself over the years uh, and also backed up by his mechanic throughout the Kawasaki years and a few years on Hondas. Chad Watts uh, letting me know that every time that he was he hit the line, uh, it was Castor 927 in, in the gas for uh, Ricky Carmichael. So good enough for Ricky Carmichael, good enough for you. Uh, I would certainly say so. Shout out to Nathan Williamson currently watching on uh, on Instagram Live. Uh, of course, Nathan Williamson, uh, most notably famous for throwing an upside down whip uh, through an Instagram reel that I posted. I was just trying to jump a jump and he had decided to go absolutely upside down. Uh, so I appreciate him trying to get a, uh, his five minutes of fame by uh, just uh, showing up the drain plug uh, when I'm just trying to do my best in the plus 25 B class. But uh, neither here nor there. Let's talk some two strokes. And Honestly, I love Red Bull Straight Rhythm. It's a cool event. Um, like the event itself, honestly, to me, is not nearly as fun as like the lead up to it. You get so many posts and so many uh, different talking points about who's going to do this, who's going to do that, who's racing it, who's not racing it. Um, the event itself, uh, like drag racing, uh, often to me is a little bit anticlimactic because uh, one mistake can really spell the difference between uh, a good run and a bad run, but 
either way, I think it's going to be a fun, fun event. Red Bull does a, a great job with this, and it being on the beach this year is pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, from the sounds of it, the, the course is really neat, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what shakes down with that. The bummer of this event, honestly, is the fact that so many manufacturers and teams don't support it. Uh, you're not going to see a Rockstar uh, Energy Husqvarna in this event. You, you will see Gas Gas. You'll see the, I'm sure all of the Gas Gas guys will be, uh, uh, Red Bull Gas Gas guys will be out there. Pierce Brown will probably be out there. Of course, Justin Barsha, uh, the 51 machine uh, with a head to toe in the, the TLD gear will be looking good. Uh, obviously, Ken Roxon will be there. Um, but like Honda HRC and the, uh, the Lawrence brothers not racing this event. Obviously, Honda doesn't make a modern two stroke. Um, but, Honestly, they barely made a modern two-stroke with... Uh, oh, yeah, Hansen will be racing uh, that... Actually, you know what? I don't know if he will be. That's a good question uh, from, from the comments here in uh, uh, on Instagram Live. I don't know that Hansen will or will not be racing Red Bull Straight Rhythm. I'd assume possibly he would be. Uh, probably like a one-off event for him. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't... Uh, just on the uh, the the rock like the, the rock star thing like I in the past I haven't seen uh, any of the, uh, the the rock star athletes racing this event uh, I have seen some footage of of Hansen on a two stroke um, and if he races it I think he'll do, like obviously he'll do well and he'll he'll go fast uh, he has tons of style he's a, a kind of guy who you just like, you could just watch film of him riding not non-stop i think it's josh hansen not john hansen there jim uh but either way um if hansen races it that's cool and cool of rockstar for doing that i think that'd probably be more of a, of a josh hansen slash fox deal than it is uh a, a rockstar thing um but uh yeah you're not going to see um like you're not going to see the lawrence brothers you're not going to see uh, like Kawasaki break out a 252 stroke for Jason Anderson, which bums me out. You're not going to see the Pro Circuit team uh, on on 125s or 252 strokes. That is that is a suit. That is a, a genuine bummer to me. Like um, I think this is an event that if it wasn't just a Red Bull event, that Mitch Payton would jump all over to build some really cool two strokes for, uh, and you'd see some uh, really neat uh, builds coming out with uh, maybe some uh, Pro Circuit uh, Peak bikes or uh, the uh, the Split Fire Edition and stuff along those lines. Uh, but because it's Red Bull and Monster uh, not playing well together, uh, yeah, you're just not going to see it. Um, so that's a bummer. Uh, what you will see is uh, Carson Brown on a YZ125 making all kinds of noise. He's going to, he, like, that kid on, like, for whatever reason, uh, Carson Brown uh, goes better and seems to uh, look more, like, more capable on anything but the on a, a 450 or a 250f like yeah he's got all kinds of skill i'm sure he even drops his lap times on those bikes but something about him racing either a pit bike or a 125 or 252 stroke uh just seems to kind of unlock something about his riding style or some uh, something along those lines that just to me uh makes him extra special um yeah, I think this event definitely should have the pro circuit bikes, but they unfortunately will not. Uh, you'll have Marvin Muscan with his brand new O'Neill gear uh, out there on a 252 stroke. You'll also see 
They might even be on a, a 300, to be completely honest. They might call them 250s, but uh, KTM in the past known to uh, build those things up, make them pretty trick. Uh, and same thing with Cooper Webb. We honestly, Cooper Webb has been like off the radar as far as like social media and just like media coverage. It's been radio silence over there. So neat to see him sort of roll out and see what he can uh, make happen on the, uh, the 250 SX. That'll be really neat to see. And, um, yeah, like honestly, it, the results of this race don't really matter. Uh, like it's never really come down to, um, like any type of really, like, like, obviously, like, certain years, you don't even remember who won. Like, obviously, I think uh, James Stewart won one year, and uh, Stank Dog, I believe, won one year. Uh, could I tell you what year that is? Not at all. And uh, and that's kind of the point of this event. It's kind of like a, it's kind of in its own little bubble. Uh, it lives within that time period, and then it just provides some entertainment while we're here on, uh, on off-season, and then uh, allows us to go about your business. Like, I think we used to, like, these off-season races would put a little bit more stock into uh, a flat track guy, also and Andy Bibino. I do not know that name, but he is. Is he racing uh, uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm? Interesting. Uh, that's making for bad podcasts, so I should stop reading the the comments on uh, on Instagram Live. But uh, either way. Um, yeah, all things considered, I think that this is going to be a great event. Uh, like, I think as a whole, as an industry, we would take a little bit more out of the results from uh, Monster Cup because it was so much like a Supercross, even though it was, again, a very one, one-off event. A lot of guys who were on brand new bikes, brand new situations, or just not a lot of Supercross prep. Um, which is again, a, like a very much similar to a situation we're going to have here. Like Ken Roxon is going to end up having maybe three days worth of, uh, ride time on a 252 stroke period on this Yamaha. He's never rid ridden blue in his entire life. Uh, as far as we know, and if he did, it was just to test a bike, uh, between and, uh, uh, he's on the pre-entry list. So, uh, best of luck to Andy, uh, Debino that's, uh, uh Debrino. That he's a flat track guy and he's going to be uh, racing uh, Red Bull straight rhythm. I, I don't know that he'll be able to make the mains or uh, make the motos. There's, I believe, 18 riders and 16 will advance to the bracket. Um, but best of luck to him. Uh, that would be really cool. Um, the interesting thing about uh, Red Bull straight rhythm, obviously, being that it's all on two strokes. And uh, it, I always find it neat to to see who can sort of adjust their style and adjust their uh, their racecraft like as far as riding wise to, to get the most out of a two stroke, uh, like they're, they're more difficult to ride. They're more difficult to jump. Uh, they, they, they jump a lot differently. They, they break a lot differently than a four stroke. And it'll be interesting uh, to me to see who can, uh, to make that adjustment and, uh, and, and do exactly that. Uh, so time will tell, like, let's go through the, uh, the entry list real quick, um, for Red Bull straight rhythm. And first and foremost, you have Ken Roxon aboard a Yamaha. That's going to be cool to watch. Uh, the bike is going to have a uh, Hurricane Hannah theme to it. Currently riding out there with yellow graphics on a blue bike. Um, which, like, I know they're going to change it for Red Bull Straight Rhythm or for the event itself. Uh, I don't understand why they couldn't have got a, blue, a set of yellow plastics for this Um as far as, because there's probably going to be more footage and more attention towards Ken getting ready for this event than him even racing it. So, 
that seems like an opportunity missed, and it just looks weird to have blue plastics underneath yellow graphics. Um, it's just an odd look to me. Uh, Aaron Plessinger will also be there. Um, he, he's raced this event. Uh, actually, I don't think he's... He hasn't competed in this event before. So, brand new event and a brand new bike for him. He'll be on a uh, KTM 250SX uh, fuel-injected version. Uh, Justin Barsha, obviously, if you've... Uh, if you've if, unless you have your head in the sand, you've seen Justin Barsha's setup for this year, and it looks absolutely sick. That bike sounds amazing. Same goes with Marvin Muscan and Cooper Webb. I think those guys are going to be uh, flying. And the funny thing about this event is that there's not a lot of pressure to be, to go fast and get results. But at the same time, these guys are expected to beat the 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 B-level riders that are within the, the entry list. Like... Uh, Cooper Webb better not get beaten by Pierce Brown or Garrett Steinke or uh, Josh Hansen, who is on the uh, the um, the entry list for this thing. So that's interesting to see. Same thing with Josh Hill. Like, if you're Cooper Webb, you can't get beat by by Justin Hill at this event. Like, uh, and if you do, like, it's it's not that it's like uh, like end of the world if he happens to lose uh, lose a race to. to Justin Hill, you're just going to have some people kind of scratching their heads a little bit as to the preparedness of uh, of a Cooper Webb, although he'll probably shrug his shoulders and not care. Uh, people will talk about it, so it just adds a little bit of pressure to the same thing, stuff like that. And same thing with like guys like uh, Robbie Wageman, Kevin Morans. Um, Morans uh, will be there on a, a 250SX, and uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Robbie will be head-to-toe in some Fast House gear, and uh, um, and he'll be riding a Yamaha 252 stroke. And from what it looks like, uh, Josh, Justin Hill uh, not only will be on a KTM 252 stroke, but uh, it looks to me like he'll be on um, Team Tedder on a KTM for Supercross this coming year. Uh, he, he elected to keep his number, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Justin Hill uh, racing for Team Tedder, very much like his brother did in a few for the first few rounds of the series last year uh, in Supercross. Justin Hill, of course, making uh, making his uh, return to Supercross after sitting out all of last year with an injury that he sustained while racing with uh, or uh, practicing and uh, training to start the season with the PRMX Kawasaki team. Um, let's see who else is racing on the in the the, the 250 class. Uh, looks like we have Josh Greco, who uh, will be likely racing a, uh, a KTM of some sort. Uh, the that that mustache that is absolutely like comical, and he's he's so known for it. Uh, will be there, and uh, he'll be guaranteed to be out of a van and hanging out with his blue healer uh, named Dog, and just uh, like doing his thing the way the way only Josh Greco can. The guy is an absolute cartoon character. He's uh, like, yeah, he's 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 Josh Greco. Um, same thing for uh, Chris Zombie Blos, uh, fresh off of a podium at uh, in Cardiff. He will be racing a uh, an Austrian brand this last this weekend coming up. Uh, I believe he'll be uh, on a either a Gas Gas or a, K- a KTM 250SX. Devin Raper is bringing out the KX 252 stroke. That is awesome. Looking so forward to seeing how that thing looks. Um, and then you've got uh, Politelli. Michael Lessie is going to be racing this thing. Uh, that is fantastic. And uh, and don't look now, but the return of Nico Izzy. I'm so excited to see that. Nico Izzy is uh, is a great comeback story. He's had some a really uh, real like 
devastating ups and downs within his career as well as his personal life. I'm glad to see him get it back on the straight and narrow and uh, and doing his thing. Uh, Nico Izzy is, was a prodigy in the early 2000s, uh, turned pro in 2007, and uh, unfortunately never really had that uh, the breakout rides that he was uh, touted to have. Uh, a lot of issues with, uh, with with drugs and stuff like that and ended up getting himself into some trouble. He's, uh, like he said, he's back in Southern California, back on the straight and narrow, and under the, and he's kind of gotten taken under the wing by uh, Swap Moto, uh, Don Maeda, which is really cool to see. Don is an unreal guy. And uh, rounding out your 250 class is Patrick Evans, who if you're, if you're on social media, if you're on Instagram, Patrick Evans is just well-known for uh, being on two strokes and um, most likely an uh, RM Army, uh, either this will be a 252 stroke, but uh, he tried to qualify for, I believe it was the San Diego Supercross, almost made it, didn't quite make it, uh, but the kid's got crazy style, and uh, I think he could possibly make some noise. Like, I think he, he probably he might make it into the night show uh, ahead of a guy like maybe uh, Josh Greco or Devin Raper. Uh, 18 guys are going on the line, and only 16 will make the night show. Uh, 125 class, the return of the cat. Yes, uh, the cat came back, and he's not going to be riding a, uh, a, a KTM dressed as a Suzuki impersonating Travis Pastrana. This time, he will be AJ Catanzaro, likely head-to-toe in the latest and greatest from Fox Racing. Uh, always looking good uh, and showing it out for uh, the MX Academy guys. Ryan Morris, former full-time uh KTM factory guy, if I'm not mistaken, he also raced Yamahas and uh, also did extremely well for the Rockstar uh, Suzuki team one year. Uh, I'm really looking forward to see how Ryan uh, Morris does. Uh, he's getting a little bit long in years, and if he's on a 125, that is awesome. I might have to call him up for a podcast after that, just because that is really cool to see. Of course, he was injured uh, and had a career-ending injury when he collided with Trey Kennard, I believe, back in 2011, when he uh, went down hard uh, over a triple. Uh, I can't remember who landed on who on that particular one, but it was pretty scary. Uh, Carson Brown, obviously, also uh, a notable in this race. He'll be on a uh, on a YZ125, looking good. He's uh, he actually won this class back in 2018. Uh, who else do we have here in the 125 class? We got jo- Jam and Josh Fariz, uh, as well as I believe Derek Kelly's also racing this event. Uh, that's going to be really cool to see. Uh, Andy Debrino. Yes, on a 125. Uh, that is really neat to see as well. He's a flat track guy, and uh, uh, I guess he's a friend. He's a friend with Roland Sands, so uh, that's how he gets this. Uh, uh, apparently, he knows how to hit hit whoops, uh, and we'll see how that goes for him. Like hats off to the guy for throwing his hat in the ring with some some serious heavy hitters here. Um, Josh Thomas will also be there. Uh, I believe that's an entry from Moto Memes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Moto Memes coming to coming to town with an RM Army 125. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. Dominic Thury uh, is a kind of a late uh, uh, addition through, I believe the. Uh, team solitaire guys which is really neat to see uh that'll be uh that'll be fun to see him uh racing alongside uh Derek Kelly uh Dominic Thury uh after last year racing for the Club MX team uh, ha- I don't know if it's been announced yet but it it sounds like he'll be on Supercross next year uh with 
the Team Solitaire guys, and that'll be announced first thing tomorrow morning. Uh, at least uh, it'll be announced that he'll be he'll be on uh, with Straight Rhythm for them. I don't know if they'll be announcing that he's on uh, for the entire series, but that's certainly what I'm hearing. Uh, Dylan Woodcock uh, out of uh, the UK, he'll be there. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be on a Kawasaki. He's often on one, but uh, if he is on a KX125, that's going to be sick. Uh, Derek Kelly for the AEO. Uh, KT, uh, KTM guys, that'll be awesome as well. He's got some skills, and honestly, that's my little dark horse pick to be on the podium, if not win the damn thing. He's gonna be fast uh, on that 125. Uh, so yeah, let me get, let me know what you guys think about this particular race. Hit me in the DMs on on Instagram. Uh, what you think about uh, straight rhythm or uh, anything else we talk about on this podcast, as well as. Uh, we're also running a, a deal uh, this month, and we're going to run this for uh, for the next little while here, is if you go on iTunes or Spotify and rate Big MX Radio um, and take a screenshot of your rating, of your review, uh, hopefully it's a five-star rating. If it's not, oh well. Um, but take a screenshot of you reviewing it, and everyone who does that will be entered to win a complete seat, seat base, foam, and cover from Guts Racing uh, for doing so. Uh, and uh, good luck to anybody who wins. Uh, so all you have to do is go to Spotify or iTunes, go to Big MX Radio, rate us, give us a review, uh, screenshot that, send it to me over DM, and you'll be entered to win a complete seat from Guts Racing. Uh, and I would appreciate it. So go ahead and do that. Last thing I have for you guys on the podcast before I wrap things up is... Honda HRC signing uh, Colt Nichols. And this is essentially their uh, announcement that they have moved on from Ken Roxon. And they've gone the way of, uh, of employing, in my opinion, one of, uh, one of the best guys within the sport as far as an athlete goes. It's Colt Nichols, great dude, always has time for me, always uh, been uh, very gracious about uh, uh, doing interviews and, and stuff along those lines. We first had Colt on the podcast back in 2016 when he was racing for uh, the... Um, I guess it had just, it was the, uh, cycle trader, rock river, Yamaha team, uh, O'Neill. Yeah. Coming in hot with, uh, some riders, uh, both, uh, Colt Nichols and it will be, uh, uh, Alex Ray of, of as always and Marvin Muskan. So th- they're throwing some money around. Of course, they're, they're not going to be paying, uh, uh, Dean Wilson in this coming year. So, uh, some of that budget goes over to, uh, to Colt Nichols and, Honestly, I can't say enough good things about the guy. He's fast. He does his thing, and uh, and he's always extremely respectful. And I like when good things happen to good people. And honestly, this has got to be a dream come true for Colt. Uh, he's a hardworking guy. He's an honest racer. He he wears his heart on his sleeve, and uh, he's he's had a rough go of it, injury wise, on a lot of things. But it's good to see him bounce back, have some success, and uh, I, I expect him to do extremely well on the Honda. Um, he works well with uh, some of those guys over there. He's familiar with some of them uh, uh, through some of his workings with the Crossland guys. Because there's still a lot of guys that were there uh, even way back when he was on the Crossland Honda team back in 2015. Uh, guys like Shane Drew are uh, are chassis guys with Team Honda, and they do a fantastic job setting up that motorcycle. And if I'm not mistaken, him and Chase Sexton are are pretty cool with each other. And I think that's going to be a really cool team dynamic where himself, himself Colt, Chase, and uh, the Lawrence brothers, I think they're going to get on great. And I think that's what's, what's gonna, what that's going to turn into is Honda 
having a lot of success in 2023. I think he's a good test rider. Of course, he's got a personal relationship with the uh, the, the main test rider for Team Honda in Trey Kennard. They literally are both from Oklahoma. They both kind of grew up together, and I think that's a really cool connection that they're able to make now. Uh, so like I said, hats off to uh, for Honda HRC to uh, basically uh, like pivot extremely quickly work with Colt Nichols, sign him for this coming year. And uh, like I said, I think he's going to be really successful on, on that bike uh, and hats off to him. Uh, we're going to try and get a, uh, an interview podcast going on with him late this week, uh, meaning probably tonight or tomorrow uh, and having that released for next week or early, early next week and having that pop that posted out on Wednesday. Uh, still waiting to hear back from him on his availability, but we did text back and forth a little bit. So hopefully he'll, he'll want to get, he'll get back to me shortly and uh, we'll get that out. All right, guys, that's the Big MX Radio podcast. Like I said, uh, in 2023, we're we're not only going to be doing a few more of these uh, solo podcasts, but we're also going to be diving into something called the ongoing history of motocross, where we're going to dive deep into the history of the sport what happened, why it happened, how certain things kind of bleed into another and, uh, and get some answers to some things that, uh, that you may not already know about. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to uh, shed some light on some interesting things, uh, that way. Thanks for everyone who watched on Instagram live or whoever watched this in an archive, uh, form. That is awesome. I really appreciate it. Uh, go to bigmxradio.com to listen to podcasts, go to verb moto and, uh, Go to the shop on verbmoto.com and get yourself some swag. Uh, see if we can work out maybe a, a discount code on that. Uh, with, I was texting back and forth with Wes Williams uh, from Verb Moto like 20 minutes ago. Uh, well, probably more like an hour ago because I started this about 45 minutes ago. But either way, uh, would be really cool uh, to see uh, to see that with those guys. Um, if we could, if we can get you guys to, to save some money on Verb Clothing, but even if you're not going to save some money, I think you should still go there and uh, and and get some swag. Uh, support the, uh, a a a platform that uh, or an outlet that does such a cool job of uh, of hosting cool events, covering the sport, and doing all that. Um, that's it for me, guys. Uh, appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen. If you're listening to this Big MX Radio podcast and uh, and you enjoyed it, shoot me a direct message on Instagram. Uh, Big MX Radio or at Brad Gebhardt 88. Uh, let me know what you uh, if you enjoyed it. Go to Big MX Radio on uh, on iTunes or Spotify and uh, and leave us a rating. I would really appreciate it. if you send me a, if you send me a screenshot of your rating. You're entered to win a complete seat from Guts Racing, and that's just that's way, way too easy to enter a a, a prize um, valued at over 150 dollars. Um, so go check that out, guys. Really appreciate it. You guys have yourself a great one. As always, thanks for listening.